Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Wednesday, March 1st, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, uh, the Guardians swept in a split squad uh, affair on Tuesday. Uh, they lose to the Royals and on the road to the Mariners. Uh, still sort of searching for, uh, you know, maybe uh, some sort of consistency out of the uh, the, the, the the beginning of the, the games with the uh, the starters. Uh, the the backups come in uh, later on, and then the scores sort of uh, shoot up there uh, in the uh, the Royals game. Uh, they gave up six runs in the ninth inning, uh, lose that game after it was tied. And uh, in the Mariners game, they uh, fell behind by seven runs uh, early, rallied to tie it, and then gave up a, a home run in the bottom of the eighth uh, to to lose that game. Uh, again, scores don't matter, and it, it really uh, it, it really is about getting the guys through and getting them healthy and getting them work. So uh, what do you take away from yesterday's games? And uh, we'll get into some of the performances here uh, in a second. Yeah, Joe, I think you hit hit the nail on the head here. Uh, You know, still trying to feel their way. They're playing a lot of different people, a lot of different lineups. It's kind of early in camp, I thought, to have a split squad game. But, you know, I guess um, with, with, you know, with the WBC coming up and uh, players leaving, you know, they want to get a look at some of these guys before they leave for their different uh, to play for their different countries. Um, yeah, so uh, a little a little shaky, a little, you know, still getting their feet under them. But, you know, it, it, it's always good to uh, like if you're if you're into young guys, young players, uh, it's, it's good to watch the second halves of these games because that's when these guys come in. And, you know, that's when you, you start to see a little glimpse of what the future may be. Yeah, and and you can sort of see the the method to Terry Francona's madness. Uh, really, he's operating right now through these first four or five games, four or five days of, of games, uh, with with two different lineups, two like a dual lineup system, uh, where he's got guys like Jose Ramirez, uh, Josh Bell, Ahmed Rosario uh, playing on one lineup, and then uh, a lot of younger guys maybe in another lineup, and and they'll alternate days to give guys so that they're not playing back to back. Uh, early on, and 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 then later on in camp, they'll they'll start playing guys back to back. The veteran lineups will play play deeper into games and and back to back games, and and then you sort of you know sort of try to get the, uh, a feel for which guys have their timing down at the plate, and you know who's who's you know ready to go in the field and all that kind of stuff. So uh, again, it's it's way early in uh, in camp uh, with these games, but uh, it's still kind of fun to see. Uh, a guy like Tristan McKenzie go out there in his first outing uh, to and, and take the ball and and work two scoreless innings and and look pretty crisp. Yeah, definitely. Twenty two pitches, two innings, one hit, no runs, one walk, one strikeout. Um, 
looked very good. Looked uh, at the, you know, that was a great start for him, a great start to the spring for him. Uh, Logan Allen, on the other hand, kind of struggled a little bit against Seattle. That's a pretty good lineup he was facing. And um, what, two-thirds of an inning, four runs, three hits, one walk, one strikeout. He may have had some, uh, you know, this is first big league camp, uh, some rookie jitters maybe. And uh, so, you know, you got to gotta move on. And uh, I still think he's a viable candidate to help them during the season, Joe. Yeah, I would much rather have uh, Logan Allen go out there and uh, have a performance like that in a spring game uh, against Seattle's lineup than coming out and doing it maybe, you know, uh, during the regular season where there there might be an issue. Uh, what did you think of Peyton Battenfield and the the effort that he was able to give him? Yeah, not bad at all. Uh, <clears throat> after, you know, Allen and uh, and Pinto got through the first three innings against the Mariners, uh, Battenfield came in two scoreless, two walks, but four strikeouts. Uh, kind of really gave, uh, you know, the Guardians a chance to get back in that game and stopped it from being a blowout. They were getting beat 8 nothing when he came in there. And, you know, he kept, you know, he kept the score right there. And eventually, you know, Cleveland did come back and make a game of it. In fact, they, you know, tied the ball game up and, uh, you know, and lost it in the uh, eighth inning on a walk-off home run. Uh, now, there have been, uh, you know, several guys, uh, you know, younger guys and, and sort of newcomers to to really sort of step forward in these first couple of games uh, looking looking pretty good at the plate. Uh, we, we can run through a list of them here. Uh, but uh, before we get to that, uh, Josh Bell sort of provided early on in the uh, in the game against uh, the Royals uh, sort of maybe a, a glimpse of what uh, what Terry Francona and the coaching staff are, are hoping that he's able to do consistently throughout the season. And that's put the ball uh, deep out of the ballpark to right field. Uh, he he absolutely launched a ball uh, against Jordan Lyles for a two run home run in the first inning uh, in the game at Goodyear ballpark. Yeah, definitely. That was nice to see. Uh, Jordan Lyles is one of the uh, pitchers uh, KC brought in as a free agent, kind of stabilized that staff. So that was nice to see he was, he was doing it off to a quality pitcher and a big swing, Joe. He got out in front of that ball and he hit it off the top of the uh, the, the party deck in, in right field. So that was, that was a good shot. And uh, I'm sure uh, Cleveland was glad to see that, Terry Francona. And uh, I, you watched the videos of it, and it sounded like a like a cannon going off when when he made contact. Yeah, it's something that uh, that Cleveland's lineup was sorely lacking last year was that that ability to go deep and go way deep uh, at any moment in any game. Uh, I loved Rick Manning's reaction on the uh, um, uh, on the broadcast. It was as soon as the contact was made, he said, "Oh boy!" <laughs> he played it over and over again on the. Um, um uh you know on social media on on twitter and uh, you've seen the replay so uh hopefully a lot more oh boys uh throughout the regular season for josh bell uh and and he's one of the ones who they were saying is 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 looking uh you know still looking for his timing at the plate uh jose ramirez sort of uh he he says he's close he's almost there um and rosario uh, another guy who's you know, in that group there uh, that that plays, you know, they have the, the day off today and uh, they just look like they're getting closer and closer. Uh, you know, you, you don't want to peak too early in training camp, but, uh, you know, by the end of camp, you want to be on time to the ball and, and uh, you know, 
that's certainly an example of them doing so yesterday. Yeah, those are three uh, veteran guys, Joe. They know what it takes to get ready in spring training. Uh, you know, uh, a Rosario had a hit. Uh, Ramirez beat out an infield single and stole second. So, um, you know, I, you can see them, you know, gradually getting getting ready. I don't think uh, there's any concern as long as those three guys are healthy. You know, they'll be ready by by for for opening day. Uh, Aaron Savali. Uh, taking the mound for the first time uh, today, uh, he's sort of the the last of the the the, the starting five to to get out there, and get on the mound. Uh, you know, no 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 spring training start is any more important, I guess, than any other. But uh, you know, this is this is a big outing for for Savali. He's it'll be his first time in a in a meaningful game since uh, starting Game Five of the the division series, and and that did not go uh, very well for Aaron Savali. Yeah, this is a big start for Aaron. I think this is, you know, just the start of uh, spring training uh, to get ready. I'm sure he's got a lot to prove. Uh, you know, and for the last two seasons, he's he's been hurt. You know, the finger in 2021, then the wrist, the glute, the, uh, you know, forearm last year. Uh, he looks bigger and stronger, Joe. Uh, you know, Francona was talking about how he really, attacked his uh, conditioning over the off season uh, just to, uh, you know, he really kind of was more physical in his workouts. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but that's the, the way Francona puts it. And I think he, he's got something to prove And just talking to him. He's anxious to, to get out to the mound and pitch and, uh, you know, kind of reestablish himself. I don't you think, Joe, I think after these last two years, you're probably wondering, you know, is he a, is he a legitimate uh, big league starter still? I mean, I think this, he has the stuff, obviously, but you know, he's got to get back on that path. Yeah, um, it, it, I think you hit the nail on the head right there, Paul. It, it, this is, you know, he's got something to prove. I, I think he he he's one of those kind of quiet guys who, you know, you can tell there's something just like simmering underneath his skin. You know, when when you're talking to him, when when he talks about. And when he thinks about, you know, the way his season went uh, really the last two years, but particularly last year where there were so many injuries that that he couldn't control. Um, and, yeah, I, I think there's a there's a real fire there. And, and it doesn't surprise me that Tito said that he he attacked his uh, his workouts uh, in the offseason. Uh, uh, the idea that he come back a, a little bit, uh, you know, bigger, stronger, uh, you know, he, he was one of the guys who, who probably could, uh, you know, stand to, to add a little bit of uh, of bulk and, and and you know get him through a season with a little bit more uh you know you know size to him uh, i think it's good if, they, if that's the attitude then you know i just hope he doesn't rush himself into something and, and try to do too much uh it doesn't he doesn't give the impression that he's the kind of guy that would do that but you know that's when you you hurt yourself even more is if you try and rush rush into something and 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 you know do more than maybe you're capable of doing it at any given moment. Yeah, he's a, you know, he's a deep thinker, Joe. You can tell he's, he throws six different pitches. You know, two years ago, he reworked his whole mechanics. Uh, you know, this is a guy that's not afraid to experiment. The one thing, the one consistent thing that I saw last year with him, Joe, and, and tell me if you saw this too, um, you know, that curveball. He, he, you know, even though he was struggling last year, 
and you know he's up and down in and out of the rotation he can get people out with that curveball i was just thinking you know he, he told me he started throwing it when he was 11 years old his uncle showed it to him you know the spike curveball grip and uh you know it's it's kind of his go-to pitch last year and if he can build off that you know and 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 get his other pitches as refined as that curveball is i think uh i think aaron would be in good will be in good shape well, good. We look forward to, to seeing what he's able to give us uh, uh, this season. Uh, George Valera uh, leaves the game in uh, Goodyear and the second inning, his first at bat, uh, takes a funky swing and then, uh, you know, drops his bat, shakes his hand, uh, and you start thinking the worst. Uh, it was the same hand that he had surgery on to remove the hamate bone. Uh, that's the injury that Jose Ramirez uh, had a couple years back, uh, you know, we've, we've had several um, uh, baseball players in Cleveland throughout the years, uh, you know, go through that injury, go through that surgery. Uh, Valera recovering from that, you could tell it, it sort of, sort of jumped up and, and barked at him. Uh, the, uh, according to uh, some things I saw on, on Twitter, uh, it looks like the x-rays came back negative, but, uh, you know, we, we don't have anything official from the, the club yet. Uh, what do you think of the, the injury to Blair and where does that put him in terms of the pecking order for the outfield? Yeah, Joe, um, you know, this is what he had the surgery in December. This is the second surgery he had, he's had on the hamate bone. And you know, that sounds a little, uh, you know, unusual to me. Usually when they do the surgery, they take that bone out. So he, they, they, this is the second one he's had. And, um, you know, we'll have to see him. Maybe it's still a little tender. Maybe he just hit it, you know, swung wrong. You know, he just got to hit a sensitive spot where it's not completely healed. You know, I talked to him in spring training. He said he was ready, said he felt great taking the live BP. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe this is a couple, you know, maybe they, they shut him down for, you know, three, four, five days and he gets back out there. Uh, but, you know, this is a, this is a pretty good opportunity for him. Uh, but, you know, maybe you know, I'm, they're going to be cautious with them. You know, these are their top position playing prospect. What, hit 24 home runs last year in the minors. So uh, this is a guy they're going to be careful with. I, I don't think they'll rush him back. And hopefully it's not too serious. Hopefully we get an update today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to an update from, uh, from Tito today. Uh, and like you said, the opportunity for Valera is there. You know, uh, a, a guy who's maybe ahead of him just because he's already made his debut and he's on the 40 man too is, is Richie Palacios and Palacios is leaving today. He's, uh, he's going over to, to Taiwan to, to start playing with the Netherlands in the, the world baseball classic. So, you know, there are, there are at bats and opportunities to be had, but like you said, uh, I can't see them rushing Valera back if, if it means, you know, costing him uh, games further down the road. Uh, this is a season where I think, we're expecting to maybe see him make his debut. Uh, he's he's been sort of pushing towards the the top of that uh, that that farm system over the last couple of years. He made it to AAA last year. Uh, this is this is a year where he could be a call, uh, you know, a phone call away from from being on the major league roster. Uh, no doubt about it, Joe. I mean, uh, he can play center. He can play right. I think he can play basically all three outfield positions. He's played mostly right last year, but, you know, I think he started a game in, this spring in center. So, you know, he's a versatile guy, but he can swing the bat. That's what uh, the, the Guardians like. He's got some pop. 
and uh, he's a guy to watch. You know, obviously we know we've talked a lot about him over the last couple of years, and like you said, they're not going to take any chances with him. No. Uh, so uh, Palacios leaving for um, the World Baseball Classic. He's one of those uh, one of those guys in camp. You know, maybe fighting for a, a spot, but but also in the first couple of games, really really showing up at the plate uh, has, has several hits. Um, Mavery's Valoria, another guy who's batting over 600, Zach Collins, uh, David Fry has a couple of, uh, a couple of RBIs, a home run, a, a, a two run double. Uh, these are all, any other names really jump out at you in terms of performances at the plate uh, early in, in camp? Yeah. David Fry is, you know, is, is hitting well. He's hit, you know, he's got a couple hits, home run, you know, a guy that's really kind of on the bubble, you know, and of course our buddy Roman Quinn, you know, he didn't play yesterday, I don't think, but, uh, but, you know, three home runs, six RBIs. He's the clubhouse leader in those two categories. Um, Angel Martinez, I thought has swung the bat. Well, Joe, he's got a home run, interesting guy, you know, can hit at the top of the lineup, can play third base around the in the infield. Uh, and uh, Jimenez is, you know, he, he hasn't got he hasn't swung the bat great, but he's you know he's walked a couple times. He's looked comfortable at the plate, and uh, like you said, Palacios. You know, I think those guys that have played winter ball, Joe, they really have an advantage. They sh- they come to camp ready, and they kind of jump out at you really early in the spring, and that's exactly what Palacios do- has done after what playing winter ball in Puerto Rico. Yeah, talking to Palacios about playing winter ball, he he loves it. He wants to go back every year and play. He says it's uh. Uh, the, the great atmosphere. He he loves the the feeling of it, and that's that's sort of what he's hoping to get at the the World Baseball Classic, playing for uh, the Netherlands. Uh, he's going to be over in in Japan, but like he said, uh, you you can't you can't recreate that sort of carnival festival atmosphere around every game that that he had playing in uh, in the Puerto Rican Winter League. Uh, so, you know, we're hoping to see, uh, you know, what he's able to, to do with, uh, with the Netherlands getting out there playing with his brother, Josh, uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, the pitchers on the mound, uh, are expected to, to throw today, uh, after, uh, Savali, we're going to see James Karen check, and, uh, this will be the, the first time he gets back on the mound after being called for a pitch clock violation that we, we eventually found out shouldn't have been a pitch clock violation. Yeah, Joe. I mean, uh, this is how crazy this, uh, this, uh, you know, this the pitch clock and the implementation of the new rules. But you know, basically on the pitch clock, you know, the 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 umpires, the players, the managers, the coaches are still, you know, getting used to the rules. You know, Francona was saying there's like a, a rule book with like 20, 24 pages of new rules, and uh, the one rule Karen check, you know, kind of uh, ran afoul of as he asked for a new ball. Uh, the and the clock was supposed to be reset because he asked for it with uh, you know with nine seconds into the uh, 15 second uh, you know time limit it should have been reset but the umpire didn't reset it and time ran out and he was charged with the ball but the rule says if you ask for it you know within nine seconds you know the clock does get reset it's supposed to be reset so kind of live and learn and move on and uh It'll be interesting to see how Karen Check handles that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how all of the pitchers sort of learn these new nuances. And and you know, we didn't know about the the nine second. You know, if you ask before nine seconds, then you can get a a reset and that kind of thing. 
uh, all these things are sort of coming out and, and as they they happen for the first time you sort of uh, learn from them and, and move forward it'll be uh be fun to watch uh Karantek's growing the hair out he's uh he's still he's he's wearing the uh the, the super tight pants now he, he just he he looks different out there it, it's you know uh, whatever works for him uh Karantek and Sam Hentges will be on the mound uh after Savali uh in in today's game in Glendale against the White Sox uh hey uh before we get going I wanted to ask you if you've ever seen anything like what happened in uh, the game between uh, the Orioles and the Pirates, uh, the uh, the exhibition game ended with the Pirates winning. Uh, they were the home team and they were ahead uh, after the after the top of the ninth. Uh, but the teams wanted to play the bottom of the ninth uh, because maybe Baltimore had a, a pitcher they wanted to get some work in, uh, and you know Pittsburgh had you know a couple of free at bats, whatever. Uh, so the teams agreed to play the bottom of the ninth, even though the game was over and Pittsburgh had won. Uh, so they run out there and they've got Baltimore on the mound, uh, you know, throwing. And the umpires say, well, the game's over, so we're leaving. So the four umpires walk off the field and the two teams continue to play uh, the, the the bottom of the ninth inning, even though the game was already decided. Have you ever seen a major league, you know, game where the umpires just walk off the field and the the <laughs> The teams just keep playing. You know that sounds so familiar, Joe. I, I, you know, I don't think I've seen it, but for some reason, in the back of my mind, I think, I think that may have happened with Cleveland, but I'm not sure. I, I can't say for sure. But so, what did the catcher just call balls and strikes in? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it wasn't like it was a, an extended inning with like long at bats where there were a lot of you know close balls or strikes. It was. Uh, they went out there. There were a couple of ground outs and a fly out, and uh, and the the inning was over. But the the Baltimore pitcher that needed to get you know his his yeah. inning of work in got his inning of work, and the the prospects from from Pittsburgh who who you know were always thankful to get more at bats in a in a big league situation. Uh, I, I think you know there's no harm to it, but uh, it's just kind of a weird situation. I wonder if the league will say anything to the to the clubs. Uh, you know, just about, hey, uh, if this happens again, maybe maybe you don't play an inning without the umpires back there. Uh, certainly there was no pitch timer or pitch clock involved in the, the situation, but kind of interesting to see the Baltimore or the uh, the Pittsburgh catcher. I uh, know it's the Baltimore catcher back there uh, calling balls and strikes yeah. on, on on pitches. He'd stick his arm out after a pitch would come across the plate if it was a strike. So. Uh, just kind of funny, uh, you know, one of those things where you only see it in spring training because you certainly wouldn't see it during a, a regular season game in a ballpark with paying fans. Yeah, that's for sure. Hey, and the fans get to see an extra inning or a half inning, so they can't complain too much. And the umpires must not, maybe they weren't, they, 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 they weren't going to get paid overtime or something. I don't know. That's weird though. But I think I've seen where, you know, uh, the, the two teams agree you know, to to play an extra inning or so, like you said, and but you know, as far as I know, the umpires have always stuck around, so that's kind of strange. Yeah, maybe it was a maybe it was a, a power move by the umpires saying, "Hey, this is this isn't going to fly." But uh, all right, Hoinsey, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. We'll uh, we'll be back again uh, tomorrow to, to recap Aaron Savali's outing and to look forward to the uh, to the weekend as they're they're getting closer. A uh, couple more weeks of this, and then uh, and then the real thing begins. So uh, can't wait to get started. Uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe. 